Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is The Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. You know, the soccer stuff isn't hard to figure out. I'm sure you're going to talk about the match yesterday, but uh, I almost came through with my prediction. What do you mean? It's, you got it wrong. How are you going to tell us I, I know, it's not I almost, hard to figure I almost out got it right. Wrong. I almost got it right. I said they were going to lose. And they did not lose. Okay, but whatever. I almost they didn't got win it right. either. They didn't win either. So, <laughs> but uh, it's not like... It, this, is, this is a tie with the Detroit Lions. This is... I knew there could be a draw. And I but said you didn't lose. say there was going to be. You tried I, to take a victory lap I, when you were yes, wrong. Yes, I, I tried to take a victory lap around Kansas City Chiefs Stadium. Yes, I did. But I stopped halfway. There, okay, that's okay. acceptable. No, I stopped halfway. It was. I, I thought. I thought it was a nice prediction. It wasn't right. It was close. If you go and bet on Ed Graney's predictions, you didn't win your bet yesterday. He, I mean, he had a thirty-three percent chance of getting yes, it right. Exactly. And he, uh, he came close. Yeah. He came close. It's soccer. You're always close. Even when you get blown out, you're close. Well, here the we go. first bite. Will the Golden Knights ever stop losing players? Man. It's incredible. It's I and last night, uh now they're losing players when no one's around them. <laughs> like Theodore catches an edge late and like crashes to the yeah. ice. And then Dadanoff, I mean <laughs> Takes the stick in the face. No call there. I mean, now they're not only losing players, not even getting calls when guys get slashed in the face with sticks. So in about a 12-hour span yesterday, they lost Jonathan Marcheseau, who got put on the COVID list, Shea Theodore, who tripped over himself, and then Evgeny Dodonov. Like, and again, the Golden Knights, they're not suffering, like, just injuries to guys on the team. They keep suffering injuries to the best players on the team. Yeah. Like, what's happening? Where's the fourth line, guys? What's happening to them? They're playing on the second <laughs> line. Now is what's happening to them. So, like, you're... Okay. Shea Theodore, I... Was it his head? Was it his arm, his shoulder? I don't know. He fell... Kind of looked at his shoulder head area. It didn't look great. Um, no. Pete DeBoer said it wasn't a good sign that he didn't come back in the game. So... Upper body. Who knows what that means for Shea Theodore long-term. Evgeny Dodonov... I assume he's going to be fine. I mean, he gets a stick to the face. He was bleeding like it's not comfortable, but it doesn't see like that's a, that's something we see in hockey and guys come back all the time. So I assume Dodonov's going to be fine, but you still have Jonathan Marshall on the COVID list. You still have William Carrier on the COVID list, and you're still without William Carlson, Jack Eichel, Alec Martinez, Nolan Patrick, and Zach Whitecloud. Like, and Max Pacioretty. And, oh, yeah, and Max Pacioretty. And there's no... What? There's no guarantee that when they play on Thursday, they're not going to yeah. lose somebody else again. Yeah. Like it's it is insane how many injuries they've run into. And like when you talk about the Golden Knights and the salary cap, and you try to look ahead and say, okay, what are they going to do to fit all these guys under the salary cap? <laughs> Kelly McCrimmon might be right when he says we'll cross that when we get yeah. to it because he might he may never have that problem if they keep getting hurt. Yeah, this is, I mean, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous how many injuries, how many problems the Golden Knights have had that have led to them missing players. And again, not just missing anybody. That's like <laughs> all their good players. Like what? Who, of all their, like, if you took out their best defensemen and best forwards, the only ones to not miss a game this season are like Riley Smith and Alex Petrangelo. Yeah. Is that it? Now, I, I guess Shea Theodore hadn't missed a game, but he left last night's game. Like Stone, Pacioretty, I guess Chandler Stevenson, he hasn't missed a game, right? I don't think he's missed a game. So, like, if you did the best players to have not been injured this year, it's 
Petrangelo, Petrangelo. Smith, Stevenson. Yeah. Like, that's it. Everybody else has missed a game, whether it's due to COVID or injuries. And that is insanity. How many injuries this team has dealt with. And it makes it, I mean, listen, we do sports talk radio. We're supposed to, you know, give opinions on the team, talk about where they are, what's going to happen next. It's virtually impossible. I yeah. mean, what, what does last night matter when you, you, that's the roster you put out there. No March or so suddenly before the game. And then during the game, two of your important players get hurt. I was thinking this last night because when you watch it at home and if we're not there, we watch every game on TV. But when you watch on TV, you switch around a lot. You watch other games, uh, other things. But then I was there last night watching each shift thinking, and I was talking to Vince Sapienza and Fox 5, and we're sitting there like, I go, what do you think? He goes, doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. Like, Until they get everyone back... You know, get everyone back, look at what they're going to do with the cap, but look at the standings, see where they're at, and go from there. Right. The, what matters is the standings. And as long as they don't go on a ridiculous losing streak, they're going to be in yeah. good shape. Or I guess, you know, if they go on a ridiculous winning streak, they're in great shape, right? All of a sudden, then it's like, oh, oh sure. Everybody's then it's hurt. even better for them. Right. Everybody's hurt, and they're still in second place or whatever. But as long as they're within striking distance, it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. By the way, flipping around channels, Ed, come on, get multiple screens. What are you doing? Let's get, no. let's get multiple screens no. going. Here. I don't like that. I have one television you, in, the, you in get, the living room, and I just go from basketball to hockey. No, two TVs no. in the living room. No, I have a life. <laughs> I have a life. I, I I just need to watch what I need to watch and uh, then move on. Two TVs in the living room. Get a tablet. Set that up next oh, to you so you God, can put something else on go. it. No, that's not happening. That's not I happening. need two TVs in my living room. Well, yeah, you're watching like 100 things at yeah. once, though. I don't do that. So. You should, though. You're trying to. You're telling me. You're just flipping around. I'm I flip you. from basketball to hockey. Get two TVs. You ain't got to flip. <sighs> you ain't got to flip. <laughs> you, just, you just put them on both, and you're good to go. It's easy. Come on. Get multiple screens going, Ed. It's much better. I just thought last night, I mean, and, and Howden scores the goal, and I know Coglin, but you, you've got guys scoring goals that you're like, okay, listen, Great job. I'll see you down the 215 in Henderson eventually because you're all going back down there. And you're watching some of these shifts in these lines, and you just you, you can't believe who they're throwing out there. And, you know, look, it's DeBoer's doing what he has to do. He's got a bunch of guys hurt. You have to put someone on the ice. Um, I thought Leonard last night again was really, really good. And that's what we we're talking about. And I, I think, again, like you said, I don't know if they can go on a long winning streak, but I don't know if they can go on a long losing streak if he keeps playing as well as he's played. Like, I don't know if, you know, they'd lose four or five straight if he can keep playing. I mean, four, what was it 42-23 in shots last night? They weren't. Th- that team was better. I'd love to see, and we're going to see, hopefully, full strength against teams like that because then we'll see how good they really are. But last night, you're just sitting there. Even at 2-2, you're wondering, like, how's it 2-2? Like, this team's faster. It's better. I love that because first line Carolina, Carolina. Completely forgot about Shea Theodore for 10 seconds. Yeah. Shea Theodore got to take three shots on net yeah. without anybody hitting him. There was no one around him. <laughs> well, they were around him. They just didn't touch him. So, all right. What's interesting on Robin Leonard? Do you know he is giving up the second most rebounds yeah. in the NHL this season? Uh, he's allowing now five shots off rebounds per game. Second highest in the league. The Hurricanes scored two goals last night off of rebounds and yeah, maybe Robin Leonard has a rebound problem, but here's the thing. Robin Leonard faces the fourth most shots in the NHL. So by default, he's going to give up more rebounds sure. than most goalies. Now he probably gives up a little bit higher rate than average, but he's still, it's, it's a volume problem more than anything. 
when you're facing more shots, you're yeah. going to give up more rebounds. But what I think the issue here is the shots on goal off of rebounds and the goals last night off of rebounds. I think it's more about the skaters than it is about Robin Leonard, because there are a lot of shots that as a goalie, you can't, you can't catch everything, right? If it's along the ice, you're just no. going to kick it, it away, away. Kick it away. or at least attempt to kick yeah. it away and you attempt to angle it or direct it into the you know right area. Robin Leonard, I know was complaining last or not complaining, but he was talking about having a new stick and, how he didn't get enough uh, velocity on that second rebound goal that Carolina scored. But that's the whole point here is you're trying to just put things into less dangerous areas when you can't catch it and hold on to it. So, but what happens when you do that is your skaters have to either get the puck off the Mm -hmm. rebound or win a puck battle when the puck is loose. Which Carolina did really well last night. Yes. And that was a problem last night where the Golden Knights either, you know, Dylan Coughlin just didn't make a play on the second rebound goal. He was there. I mean, not in position to really win the puck, but could have at least made it a more difficult goal to score. And I think that's the bigger issue here. The rebound problem, I don't think is so much Robin Leonard as much as it is the other guys on the ice who don't go and get the puck, who don't clear the puck, who don't win a puck battle after Robin Leonard makes an initial save. And it leads to more goals than they should be allowing. And it also leads to, like we've talked about before, the Golden Knights being one of the teams, the NHL that gives up the most high danger chances, rebound shots on goal from two feet away are almost always going to be high danger chances. Those are always going to be high percentage scoring chances for the opponent. And so that's a, that's an issue for the Golden Knights right now. But is that an issue when they're fully healthy? Is that an issue when they actually have Stone, Eichel, and Pacioretty on the ice together? Is that an issue when they're fully healthy defensively? Or is that just an issue right now? 14 to the Canucks, and they had tw- they gave tw- up 12 through two periods on Tuesday high dangers last yeah. night. That's way too many. Yeah, it's a lot. That's it's a way ton. too many. And that's what you're dealing with. But also, you look at it, and, you know, their fourth line last night was Paul Cotter, Brett Howden, well, and Jonas Ronberg. Now hold on. <laughs> Brett, he scored a goal. He did. He Third line, goal. Matthias nice Janmark. T- nice uh, breakaway by Brett. I guess Matthias Janmark's a legitimate player. By the but- way, about Matthias Janmark. Where is I, I know he's just coming back. Where is he? Yeah, he's playing with I Jake Lashizan and Michael I, I just don't. I expected more, and I know he just got back. I, I've expected more from Yanmar. If you tell me he's playing with Jake Lashizan and Michael Amadio, I'm not expecting anything uh, from him. Unless I, your name's Mark Stone, and that's who your line mates are. I, no, Mark Stone and Amadio. Yeah, I think. It, <laughs> I don't, I'm not expecting Amadio anything. hasn't done much. Like seriously, Pete DeBoer played. Four guys, just on his forward lines last night, that he might not have known their names until this season started. Jake Lishizen, Michael Amadio, Paul Cotter, and Jonas Ronberg. Uh, the uh, all all every time you list all these players, that I'm like, yeah, of course I know those guys because I've done a ton of Henderson Silver Knights games, <laughs> and now I've come to the realization. Wait, did the have they have the Silver Knights been sucking because their entire team is in the NHL? Yeah, like okay, seriously, five guys last night because you throw in Ben Hutton, who was a defenseman yes, last Benny night. Yes, Ben Hutton. Yes. D- who who's that? Who who are those people? Like if they like, were involved in one of the goals. Like over the course of an entire season, if you told Pete DeBoer, all right, you're going to have to play like three of these guys for like a game here or there because of injuries. Well, that's one like, thing. He'd like be okay, fine with if that. you told him you're going to have to play all five of these guys in a game against the best team in the NHL, you'd be like, what? 
What happened to my team? I'd love what, Pete what kind to be, of salary cap are we dealing? I'd love with Pete to be honest, and you, if you write out the names on a board, circle the ones you had any idea who these people were. <laughs> I think that it's the similar joke we were talking about uh, uh, like a week or two ago. If we stood outside T-Mobile with pictures of them, would oh, people be able to identify no them? Chance. No. no chance. I, They'd have no idea who these guys are. I don't know who they no. are either. I don't blame them. If they walk in. If they walk into a press conference when we're at their press conferences, you know, Sage Salmon's better who announce who this? they are. <laughs> yeah, if, if if one of those guys walked in and they didn't announce who they were, I'd be looking at like a couple of beat writers and we, they'd look at me and say, "I don't know who these people are." We will now take your questions. Okay, uh, this first question's for Sage. Who are who you? is this? Uh, here is a fun fact for you to wrap this up because. Because of the NHL doing the divisional-only schedule last year, I love the stat every Golden Knights game when they're like, the last time these two teams played was 17 years ago. Um, The last time the Golden Knights played the Hurricanes before last night, Cody Eakin not only played in the game, Cody Eakin scored a goal, and it was the last goal he scored as a Golden Knight. Fun fact. That's how long ago Carolina and Vegas had last I don't know how fun that fact is. He scored. (laughs) It's a fact. Carolina won, but Cody Eakin scored. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into the Raiders. Um, yeah, um, Richie, right at this particular point, had a little bit of a setback uh, in his calf, and we're going to kind of keep evaluating that. Um, we're getting something done today to kind of see where that's going to go. Trayvon Mullen, again, it's just kind of it's at, at his point, his level to some degree, is what he can sustain without feeling pain. And he's moving towards the, the, the treadmill and then towards the pool treadmill and moving his way outside a little bit. I think Nick Morrow's kind of – the one that's a little bit closest, he's pushing himself to being outside and running a little bit starting this week. So we'll see what happens again with those guys. It's a little bit slow-paced right now. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. By the way, we've talked about Richie Incognito not coming back this year, at least not expecting him to. Trayvon Mullen hasn't played since week four. And I don't think the pool treadmill comes before the regular one. Less stress on the body, less stress on the joints. I mean, based on my grandmother's workouts, <laughs> the pool is typically yes. m- lower impact. Yeah, lower impact. I think basachi has got that wrong. What, he's got his notes wrong? Yes, I think the regular treadmill is far worse, or not worse, but hard on your body than the pool treadmill. Do we, okay, so Trayvon Mullen... About a league average cornerback through a year and four games this year, but got hurt. And then since then, they've been trying to find, you know, Brandon Faison or somebody to play there. But like, he hasn't played since week four. I, I guess being on the treadmill and potentially getting outside <laughs> makes Rich Versace sound like Trayvon Nolan's been locked inside. <laughs> Has this kid been out in the sun at all the last six weeks? I guess that's a good sign, but he also said it's pretty slow pace. So, like, are we. Do we put Trayvon Mullen in the same situation as Incognito? Like, no. Cool. No, he'll come no? back. Okay. Incognito's not coming back. Maybe he was talking about the settings on the treadmill. Oh, that it's, oh yeah. 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 Change the Peloton of yeah. where yeah, you're running. Yeah, he's like, hey, man, you need, you need to turn this up a little bit. No. I think he comes back. I I don't think either of us have ever thought Richie Incognito was coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. So, yeah, I mean, Trayvon Mullen's a big one. So you look at the secondary right now. Let me ask you this. Should the Raiders bench Jonathan Abram? Oh. He got I mean, targeted you nine can't see times. Those Josh DeBose stats and not think that maybe after <laughs> like being targeted nine times and nine catches for 127 yards, two D's that two TDs that someone on the sideline would have said John's having a bad day. <laughs> My goodness. Because here's here's the thing with John. Feels like Abram. he's kind of been having a bad career. <laughs> 
The Raiders essentially are locked into cover three when Abram is on the field. And, you know, not that Gus Bradley would play anything but cover three because that's who he's been. But Jonathan Abram is supposed to be the second safety on this team. And if you're going to play too high, if you're going to play two safeties deep, Jonathan Abram has proven over and over again he can't do that. Part of the reason the cover three has been more successful than the last couple of years of Raiders defense is because Jonathan Abram is not being asked to cover anybody more than 10 yards down the field, or at least not very often. But the Raiders are playing cover three. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs torched it. And the problem with Jonathan Abram here is he played 100% of the defensive snaps. Like, he was awful, and yet they never took him off the field. And you look around, Tyree Gillespie and Dolan Levitt, those are the backup safeties, well, like they can't be worse because yeah. he never he, because he went nine for nine and giving up catches. But the Raiders didn't even consider taking him off the field against Kansas City. No matter how poorly he was playing, there's no consideration to it. And here's here's where I go back to with Jonathan Abram. It goes back to the offseason because last year, Jonathan Abram and Damon Arnett were both really bad in the Raiders secondary. The Raiders went out in the offseason and they replaced. Damon Arnett in the starting lineup. They went and got Casey Hayward. They went and got a guy to take Damon Arnett's spot in the lineup. Hayward has been unbelievable, right? And Arnett obviously not on the team anymore, but Arnett wasn't playing very well before he got hurt anyways. They didn't do that with Jonathan Abram. They did not go out and find, I mean, I guess they signed Carl Joseph, but they ended up releasing him, but they did not go out and replace Jonathan Abram. They basically handed Jonathan Abram a starting spot again after he was terrible last year. And that to me where the problem is, because again, is, is Dolan Levitt going to be better than Jonathan Abram? Probably not. It can't be worse. I wonder if, I wonder if Gus Bradley came in. We know he looked at film for 17 straight hours. He was in the lab. And he was in the lab and said in his scheme, he thought Jonathan Abram would be a better player than he was in the previous one. I, that, I think that's the obvious choice as to why they didn't go out like they did with Ngakwe and others and spend a lot of money at different spots. And that's accurate. He has been better this year than he was last year, and it's because Gus Bradley is having him essentially play as a linebacker. That's the problem, though. They changed his position, right? They said, all right, you're gonna, we're going to play a cover three. We're going to have our free safety. Close to the Merrick. Yeah, Merrick's going right. to play deep, and the corners are going to play deep. Those are the deep thirds. And Jonathan Abram, you're, his responsibility is run game, and the shallow zones in the passing game, right? That's his responsibility. And that's he's better at that. He's still not really good at either of those things, but he's better. He's not worse than the league at those things like he is at covering down the field. The problem, though, is this is a passing league. This is a league where you lose games because quarterbacks are going to throw the ball down the field. Right. And when you have a safety that you effectively have to hide, when you have a safety that can only play closer to the line of scrimmage and not down the field, you can't be coming up with a scheme to help him. You've got to be coming up with a replacement to get him off the field. Should we uh, guess as to how many we used targeted nine times, give up nine catches, how many were Kelsey? Because What's Kelsey up? not only just destroys the Raiders, but as we saw last year and probably this year, I don't remember how many were to Kelsey, but um, my guess is maybe a majority were to Kelsey. Wasn't one of the touchdowns that wasn't to Kelsey? Literally, the guy just... Ran behind Jonathan Abram. Jonathan Abram and Jonathan Abram ran forward. Yeah. Yeah. Abram bit on a play action and Tyree Kill just sort of walked to the corner of the end zone uncovered. I guess you cover that guy for once. And well, then, but here's the other part is even when even when Abram's in position, 
he can't make a play. Two two weeks in a row. Last week it was the Giants tight end Evan Ingram, who Abram was in position. Daniel Jones just threw a jump ball up, and Evan Ingram just went up, just caught it over his head and scored a touchdown. And then on Sunday, Daryl Williams. How Jared, tell me I'm how Googling. tall Daryl Williams is. Like was... Evan Ingram's at least like a tall Evan Ingram's right. is probably like six three, six four. Daryl Williams is a running back. Five, five eleven. eleven. Five, like, five eleven. So not actually not as short as yeah, I thought okay. he would. But like Jonathan Abrams in position to maybe have an interception, but at the very least knock a pass down, and Daryl Williams just embarrasses him and scores a touch like even when he's in position, he can't make a play. So if you're the Raiders, you have to think about benching him. But again, the problem is for who? Like uh, Tyree Gillespie? Like, can they bring back Donald Tanner Levitt. Muse? Can Tanner Muse play safety? How, like, what, where what's is, Jeff Heath up to? <laughs> where is Tanner Muse? Hey, he picked off Patrick Mahomes. They should have brought him back. But it, that's like, that's the issue with the Raiders roster right now is Jonathan Abram can't cover down the field. But uh, who's the next best option? Could, could they bring in Javen White? Can he play safety? Well, again, you're, it, it's all relative in terms of how, can any of these guys be worse? I mean, you might as well give other guys shots. Well, they I can mean, be worse in helping against the run, right? Because Jonathan, a- like, listen, Jonathan Abram makes some big plays in a game. He makes some big tackles. He'll hit a running back at the line of scrimmage and knock him backwards rather than letting him get three yards for first down. He'll do that every now and then in a game. Dallin Levitt might never do that, right? But Jonathan Abram can't cover down the field. Here's the thing. I don't think Dallin Levitt can either, right? So Jonathan Abram, it's a, it's a big, it's a roster problem for the Raiders right now. I don't think that's as much of a coaching problem as it is a roster problem because they don't really have another good option. Are you surprised quickly that they're both a half game out, and yet uh, Football Outsiders has the Raiders at a 30% chance to make playoffs, but the Chargers 62? Uh, no, because the Raiders have not played well the entire season. Even when they've won, they've looked like crap. Like, we talked about this. The, the, even when they won games, they were not looking good winning those games. They were winning them, and that's important. But when you need, you know, overtime to beat the the Ravens and Lamar Jackson to fumble twice, in that in the fourth quarter in overtime when you need the Dolphins to throw it into their own end zone for a safety to dig out of a 14-0 that hole. That was great, actually. Right? Like, when those that are the great. types of events you need to win games, you're not really playing well. So, no, it doesn't surprise me. And, and listen, the Chargers haven't been playing well recently. No, they haven't been playing. But Herbert the Chargers got good. off to a good start. The Chargers, right. when they were winning early, were playing, when Herbert was playing well. really well. Yeah. So, like, when you look at, like, Football Outsiders goes by DVOA as their stat – the Chargers DVOA was much higher earlier on, whereas right now it's fallen off some, but not to the point where the Raiders, I mean, when they've played well and when they've, or when they've won and lost, they haven't played well. So it's not all that surprising that they don't have very high playoff odds. Coming up next, Justin Emerson joins the show. It's on the near side wall and oh, Stone. Oh, it's big, big part. It's a right wing shot that goes out of play. The Donov is down on the near side wall. And they stop play after a Vegas shot attempt missed the net. Yeah, he's bleeding. He's got blood right between the eyes. Yeah. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia. Come see a Kia on West Sahara. Wow. Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. 
Joining us now from the Las Vegas Sun is Justin Emerson. All right, Justin, uh, is your child ready to play on the third defensive pair for the Golden Knights on Thursday? Yeah, yeah, he's six weeks old, but uh, he's he's almost got his. He can almost lift his head up on his own. So I figure he he can get on skates, and uh, Golden Knights need him, so he'll be out there. Yeah, so better than Theodore, who fell on his head. Keep an eye out for that on Thursday. If, uh, Theodore fell on his head, so the kid's probably better. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So he's uh, he's 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 looking around pretty well. He's aware of things that are happening. He likes shiny things. So if they wear the gold helmet, <laughs> oh yeah, I got to bring those back. We're, we're really cooking. <laughs> It'll be just fine. So the they lose two more players. Shea Theodore goes down. Evgeny Dodonov gets a stick to the face. On top of Jonathan Marchessault and William Carrier being out. Uh, because of COVID protocols, I, I mean, it, is there going to be a point in this season where they're actually healthy enough that we can be like, oh, that's what this team is, and we can actually evaluate how they play? <laughs> that's a great question. Um, yeah, I don't know. The Theodore thing, that one that one didn't look great. He uh, he, he hit pretty hard. Did that have, I'm, I'm less worried about. That one looked like just very – more traditional hockey injury, and I wonder if that one would have happened in the second period if he would have gotten stitched up and been back out there instead of the last two minutes. But, yeah, obviously, Carrier and Marchstone COVID protocol. Um, I've lost track. of. I was writing down the list of players uh, yesterday in my game story that were injured, and I had to go look it up because I was worried I was going to forget a couple of guys because <laughs> there are so many. It's, it's who did, wait, who did you forget? You you forgot somebody. Who did you forget? Martinez. Alex Martinez. <laughs> oh no, was the one. But I, I, was, I was going down the list, and I was like, okay, it's all the forwards and White Clouds and the defensemen. Oh, Martinez now. Okay, that's right. Don't worry. When I put our rundown together today, I did the same thing, but I forgot Max Pacioretty. There you go. So, there's just so many of them. It's hard, it's hard to keep track. But, I mean, last night it looked like a preseason lineup with all the guys that are hurt. And the, I, I wonder if the Golden Knights IR team right now could beat the Golden Knights uh, healthy team. All right, so we asked this uh, question earlier. Some of these uh, guys who shouldn't be on the roster only because of injuries should be down in Henderson. Of those four or five, before the season started, how many names did Pete DeBoer actually know? How many of these people did he actually know who they were? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, let's see. Jonas Ronbier, I I didn't know how close he was going to be to the NHL. So he was – He personally, I was surprised to see him. Um Paul Cotter, who else do we got? Michael Amadio's here. He wasn't even on the team. Ben Hutton wasn't on the team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a few guys that, like, it's just like, oh, all right. I mean, that's just what they have to do right now. I mean, they're they're surviving every every which way they can. And the fact that they're, I think their record's nine and seven now. I mean, that's, that's kind of a miracle when you look at look at the kind of lineup that they've had over the last couple of weeks. All right, here's how, here's how we're doing this. Uh, three on three overtime rules. Each team has two like lines, basically. The IR team: Pacioretty, Eichel, Marcheseau, Carlson, with Alec Martinez and Shea Theodore as the two defensemen. The current roster: Oh my gosh, Stevenson, Stone, Smith. We'll say Dodonov comes back with Petrangelo and McNabb. You got the IR team. I'm picking the IR team. Absolutely, I am. I think I think I think Theodore right there is the kind of the one that tips us. He's, if he's healthy and he can get back to the healthy team, maybe you've got that going. But 
Michael Pacioretty and Marcio <laughs> Carlson. That's that's not bad. That's not bad. All right. If let's say if Shea Theodore goes, if they put him on long term IR, what player making like seven million can they go trade for in the meantime? Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Right. Okay. Go get, no. go get a, he's having a he's having a resurgence season for the Blues. I kind of thought that maybe they might be in on that market uh, during the off season anyway. So I've kind of been thinking about him. So. There we go. We could just load up. They could just load up a team that has like a hundred and twenty million dollars in payroll uh, for the playoffs if they do this right over LTIR. Just really just go all in. Well, everyone laughed at McCrimmon saying, "We'll cross the bridge when we get to it with the cap." They may, may they may never get to the bridge. I mean, he he might yeah, just and- roll on in. <laughs> yeah, I saw somebody say that he was kind of saying the quiet part out loud there, right? But like. What if, you know, somebody somebody's going to get hurt the way that this season's going? And if it's uh, an expensive guy, if it's Petrangelo or if it's Stone or if it's Eichel or whoever it is, they might not need to trade anybody to fit under the, under the, under the cap before the end of the regular season. So that's very possible, and maybe you're not necessarily planning on that, but it's, it's certainly a possibility at this point. All right. Uh, give me a breakdown here of red light, green light at intermission. Oh, it was terrifying. Were you were you at the game last night? I was not. No. Oh, I mean, it was it it, it was so funny. As soon as they said, "All right, we're for our intermission. We've got some players. We're going to play red light, green light." The entire press box just yelled, "No, don't do that!" And <laughs> they had the it was it was scary. The way the chance was just standing there and they zoomed in on him, he was definitely the creepy doll from Squid Game. And it was, uh, that's what they were going for. And uh, that's, that's just what this season has already done to the Golden Knights in-game staff. But they're like, you know what we could build? Yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. <laughs> I was looking for the sniper as Adam Hill kept screaming, shoot him, shoot him. <laughs> and, and by the way, well, ch- the chance of bad. Intermission, g- the second period intermission that got people carving out cookies on the ice. It was, yeah. It was just a weird night. Wait, 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 doing what? Carving cookies? Did you see Squid Game? No, I have not, but I, I'm fully aware of well, red that's light, green the red light. light that's the I, red I know. Light, green okay, light I got that. That's all over the internet. What's carving cookies? <laughs> it's the second game that they got to do. They give them like a little cookie that's etched out, and you got to like take like a needle point something, and if you break the cookie, then then the see what happens if you get caught in red light, green light. Yeah, I see. Yeah, Ed, yeah. Did, I mean, wait. There's a star. There's different shapes. Gotcha. Okay. And if it breaks. <laughs> okay. Well, there well, you go. Yeah, that's fine. So yeah. hold on. In red light, green light, every single person playing that game should have been shot. Yes. Well, because you can't stop on the ice. It's slippery. <sighs> Sounds like the Golden Knights got a scarier game than Squid Game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, for the next Squid Game, you have to uh, play in a National Hockey League game for the Golden Knights. Yeah. You might well, be injured. Well, yeah. <laughs> you, might, you also might be the center in the second line. That is a dangerous <laughs> game. Well, he is Justin Emerson from the Las Vegas Sun. Justin, as always, we appreciate it. Thank you, Justin. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, the red, the red light, green light last night. And chance turned around, and people are sliding across. They had no chance to stop on the ice. Have the, I seen Squid Games? You have you seen it? Oh, sure. It was oh. great. I, I uh, binge-watched it. It was awesome. No, I have not seen it. Are you kidding me? Really? He's got multiple screens. None of them are on Netflix. There's sports on TV, Ed. Have you ever had ne- watched Netflix? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. We have Netflix. Okay. Yeah. You watched Tiger King. Yes. That was when there was no sports on. <laughs> yeah.
And it was wow. about what three to four weeks past the point when it had. Yes, reached it was its... very late. I will tell you. All right, I will tell you what I am going to watch tonight that is not sports related. Survivor. Oh, see, I gave up on that like in season two. So here's what happened last year. Wait, what year are we in? Yeah, last year when all of our sports went away, I had a friend who he every year he does a Survivor pool where you get drawn a name and everybody pays twenty bucks and the winner wins. And there was no sports, and he's like, "You want to do this?" And I was like, "Okay, I'm not doing anything else." So I played it last year, and I, I'm in. I'm back in this year, so I will watch Survivor tonight. And that last year was the first time you ever knew yes. what Survivor was. Season forty was the first time I watched. That you Survivor. even knew what it was. I mean, I had, I had known of Survivor. It's been on almost as long as I've been alive. No, it's been on. It, it's. 30 seasons almost. 41, so. And no. It, they do it, they do like more than one it, a year, though. Yeah, so. it premiered yeah, in like yeah. 1999. Yeah. yeah, so it's like two decades old. But yes, I, I will be watching Survivor tonight. I have the most useless player in the game, but she has not been eliminated yet. <laughs> so not feeling great. <laughs> so that's the one thing I'll watch that's not sports related at the moment. Survivor. I tend to avoid CBS programming if it doesn't involve like, you know, Tony Romo. <laughs> That's a weird take, but I will. But the one thing on Survivor, though, it was basically a sports replacement last year. Like it's effectively a competition. I, I, I yeah, I'm a little disappointed you didn't go full Bachelor Bachelorette. Nah, probably wouldn't get into that one as much. But Survivor, it's, it was my sports replacement last year. So, so Netflix documentaries. What about them? Have I watched one? Yes. Ah, uh, maybe I've seen one, but I don't know. <laughs> Is there one I should have seen? I'm just saying they have a, they have a nice uh, selection. They have a nice selection of documentaries on uh, Netflix. I'm sure they do. Some of them are a little less than what I would call journalistically responsible, uh, but you know they're entertaining. No, I don't know. Last time I watched a documentary on Netflix, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. At least I, you have it though. Yeah, you have it to go to if you need it. Yes, I can. Okay, I waste money on Netflix. Okay, well, my girlfriend watches it, so that's fine. Right. But my know. God, how many screens do you have at that house? Well, I, we we share the TV sometimes. You have one television? No, no, we've got multiple televisions. Okay. But I'm saying we share the big one in the living room sometimes. Okay. She can she can watch things. You allow I that? I don't take the entire TV the entire day. <laughs> Hell, I'm gone for at least three hours every morning. She can watch then. Oh, this is phenomenal. So Justin Emerson, who is apparently a fan of Survivor, just texted me. Do you have Heather? Yes, Justin, <laughs> I have Heather. So I just said. So I, she's horrible. Oh, she has. She's not in the game. She, she's not in the game. Like she doesn't exist. She's in that the game. bad. She's there, but she doesn't exist. Like so, they do uh, the testimonials. So yes. like, yes, they'll show them just having them talk to the camera one on one. I think she's had like three the entire year. Like the girl who's had the most has had like forty. <laughs> like she's not on the show. <laughs> Maybe she's sneaking through and no, nobody knows. I that, hope that's so. Her, I think that's her strategy. But the problem I don't is, want to be seen or heard. The problem is, is the winner is voted on by the rest of the players right. who think, hey, this person played the best game, so they win Survivor. She hasn't done no anything chance. the entire season. So her torch has not been lit, uh, extinguished no, just, it yet. Has not just been, yet. It has not been extinguished. She's still alive. My only real hope is that, like, she somehow votes off like the two or three most important people in like the last couple of episodes. And I'm just like, where the hell did that come from? And then she wins. But I got no hope at actually winning, but she's still alive. Good guess, Justin. All right, coming up next. Hopefully we surprise somebody. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. 
I just want you to know that somebody else on Twitter, one of our listeners, Drew, tweeted at me. I figured you either had Heather or Erica. So all I had to do was say the most useless player in the game. And So Erica's not the one with 40 testimonials? No, no. That it would be Shan, who is just the entire show has been about Shan. So, yes, I do not have Shan, although Shan's going home soon. But joining us now. Hi, Mike. You ready Michael? for this? Mike Gramala. You know what's hey, happening guys. here? You know what's on deck? I, I don't know. I haven't been listening uh, yet this morning. Okay, what's perfect. Because we talked <laughs> well, about it yesterday, yesterday either. <laughs> okay, we have a very important question for you because uh, about two weeks ago you came on the show and you told us your story of going to Buffalo to try a buffalo chicken wing for the first time and you went to Buffalo Wild Wings. Now, some important details from that story that you told us. First off, you told us you ordered a kid's meal, correct? Yes. Okay, second, you told us that they came with two wings. Is that correct? I believe so. Okay, okay. so, and third, when we asked you if it was a flat or a drum, you couldn't actually answer that, and you just said it was for sure not a drum. Yes, based on your description. Okay. <laughs> what? Did it, so, did it have a bone? Very important question for you, Mike, because we have looked up the Buffalo Wild Wings kids' menu, and the kids' menu for boneless wings and traditional wings says that it comes with four wings, but they also have a kid's chicken tenders that comes with two chicken tenders. Did you order the chicken tenders? Plus, plus by the way, plus it comes with sauce. No, I ordered the uh, chicken wings. I, if you go to the – I posted about it on Twitter, and I actually posted a photo of the the meal when it came out. So you can see, and if you, like, if you know it by sight, you can probably um, <laughs> tell <laughs> what it is better than I can. Um, but, no, I, I was very specific. I said I want, like, a traditional buffalo chicken wings. Um, but I just didn't want to – I just knew, knowing myself, I knew I wasn't going to eat, like, 12 of them. You know, I just wanted to try them. So that's why I get the kids' menu. It was just for the volume. I was just like, I just needed to taste a, a couple of them, maybe. Um, but I was very specific that I wanted a chicken wing, the real deal, traditional. That's why I went to Buffalo. Um, so <laughs> I would say I'm, I'm pretty confident I got the real thing. And if you go to my, my Twitter and you dig out that tweet, there's a, a photo of the actual meal where I think you okay. guys would probably probably be able to make more sense of it than I can. We we have there's, there's four of them. Yeah, there's four. Of them. They are chicken wings, but yes. there's four. You lied to us. There's more yes, than there's, there's more than two. Okay, I may, I may have um, <laughs> miscounted just because I don't. Yeah. Do you stand by your theory that they were chewy? Yes, very chewy. It's a very tough consistency. Not what I expected. Do you? Do, are you aware you probably only had a bite of uh, skin? I think I got into the, the, the meat of it, I think. I, I love how unsure you are of this. All right, Mike, get out of here. Thanks oh, for answering the we had, you chi- we had you a chicken. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we just wanted it. We thought we had a theory that maybe you had a chicken wing or a chicken tender instead of a chicken wing, and we just had to check it out. No, 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 no. I'm not going all the way back uh, to Buffalo. I did it. I got it. I did it right the first time. Well, good news for you. There's a Buffalo Wild Wings in Vegas, so you wouldn't have to get on a plane. Okay. Thank you. Bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. Thank you. (laughs) Good Lord. So we did all that work, all that journalism. Yeah. And we got got defeated by he tweeted a picture. But... He probably did say I wasn't on that day. He probably did say two, and that was the that, that was, was the. Key. And I, I just asked him to confirm it. That how was many the key. And he had, and he said two.
So I'm, he's a liar. We and got, he only took one bite. Well, yeah. Well, one or two bites, I think he said. But I'm almost certain he only got skin when he bit into his yeah. first ever buffalo wing. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty he certain. Didn't clean, he didn't clean it up. No, no, he no said sure. he never he never got to bone. <laughs> My goodness. He never saw or his teeth never touched <laughs> bone while biting into a wing, and it was a flat. Like uh, how on earth he you don't I I don't even know how you take such a small bite that you don't feel the bone when biting into a flat. No. He didn't really bite into it. He kind of nibbled at the he nibbled right. at the end and well, saw the chewy. That's always the part that confuses me that I see sometimes while I'm at like anywhere that serves buffalo is the person who doesn't break the flat and then eat it. They literally do the weird tongue thing. Yeah. And so that would have been a great follow-up question had he not just been like, I took a nibble. It was chewy. I mean, at least he flew all the way there and got the right thing. Well, what a disaster that would have been if it was actually chicken well, tenders. Right, right well, is a very Adam, loosely used word here. Adam Candy correctly pointed out Buffalo Wild Wings is based out of Atlanta, so he flew to the wrong city. God, this is amazing. <laughs> it is hands down one of the best things he's ever done. The, the uh, dog do you, was hungry this morning. Well, he had a lot of things going on at that house. But yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't he ready. Wasn't expecting we, it. we surprised him. That's yep. what happened there. We surprised him. We didn't want him prepared. We wanted no. to get his genuine reaction no. to, "Hey, Mike, did you eat a chicken tender?" <laughs> I assume he's had enough chicken tenders. That, but there's also maybe he hasn't had enough chicken tenders. Well, no, no. Okay, here's the thing. He's had enough chicken tenders, but as you can tell from talking to him, he's never had a chicken wing, so he doesn't know the difference between the two, and he only took like one or two little nibbles into it that he, you know, probably wouldn't have found out. No, and I also think, I also thought you were completely right because the chicken tenders came with sauce, so he must have just assumed, oh, it's coming with barbecue yeah. sauce or sweet and honey sauce. That's what they put on these things. So I just, I, I think that you, <laughs> I thought you had it going yesterday. I said, oh, my God, this kid flew all the way to Buffalo to get a chicken tender. It was a good theory. It was a great theory. <laughs> would, have been a, would have been a better oh, story. Oh, would have been awesome. If he just played along and said, oh. What, what is, do we, I, I don't know personally, because I don't know Mike that well. What is the level of like genuineness do you think that he went, I'm in Buffalo, I better go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Is that part of, like, is he, is, there's got to be part of that that he's trolling. I don't know. I think his kid's 150% genuine on everything. I think he's genuine on everything he That's, says. That makes it worse. Yeah, I, I don't think he messes around with any kind of truth, or I think he just says what is the truth. Yeah, I'm in Buffalo, going to get a Buffalo <laughs> yeah. wing. Let's go to Buffalo Wild Wings. It's right in the name. Why not? I mean, it's probably right down the street from his house. <laughs> they're all over. They're, they're, uh, there, they're are two, there are two one within, in within walking distance of, like, this studio. Yeah. <laughs> During one of our longer breaks, I could probably run and go get us Buffalo Wild Wings. Make sure you get the wings and not the chicken tender. Actually, get the chicken tenders. I don't think I've ever had chicken tenders. They might be really good.